extra microphone on. That would help. Cheapers, creepers. Amateur here. All right. It stinks the way it ended. Anytime your season is ended by them. Oh, yep. I mean, my goodness. I know. But in a very rare, I would think, case, you got to end three team seasons last year in the NCHC playoffs. I got to think that hasn't happened very often. No, but like you said, the way the way it ended, you kind of forget about those other three, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, you know, and mostly because, uh, Bruce, you know how hard it is to get to that point, right? And we felt like we were playing our best hockey of the year at the right time of the year, and and um, and we felt we were battle-tested. I mean, the, the playoff series at home against uh, UMD was, I would say, the most physical, hardest playoff hockey series I've been a part of since I've been coaching college hockey. And then we, you know, now all of a sudden you got to play in North Dakota, you know, which was pretty much the same. Uh, and then CC fighting to, to make the tournament. Uh, that was that was a tough stretch. And then obviously got to battle Mankato. So we felt like we were battle tested. We felt like we were playing well. Um, obviously losing to an in-state rival was tough. But more more importantly than that, it was, you know, we were just so close. We're two to one late in the game. We had just missed a breakaway. Um we felt like we were close to having a chance at that game, and when you don't get it done, it's tough. That series against UMD, I, I want to go back to the Sunday game. So we saw in, in Omaha, North Dakota played there a game three, and there were something like 15 penalties. Yeah. In your game, there could have been 15 penalties. Oh, yeah. There weren't really any. What did you think of, of how that was handled? It, it felt like it was getting close a couple times to getting to almost becoming too much on the ice. It, it was. It, it was. Uh, it was an odd weekend, and and from a standpoint of the standard of play and calls was completely different than it had been the rest of the season, and that started on Friday and it built through the game Friday. It got more so Saturday to the point. I'll be honest, you know, as far as my coaching, I'm. Uh, we're always real big on nothing after the whistle. If somebody gives you a shot, we're walking away. We're 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 not going to take the bait. We're not taking a retaliation penalty. Um, on Sunday, I said it's a war, and you got to play like it's a war because that's the way they're calling it. And uh, both teams, I thought, played as hard and as close to the line as they could. Um, but it, it was certainly a different standard of play than we'd seen all season. Talking to St. Cloud State coach Brett Larson. How, you know, you told me battle tested. How much did that harden your group as as you went forward the next weekend in St. Paul, the weekend after that in Fargo? Yeah, I, I mean immensely. Like I said, I've and I don't think I'm exaggerating. I've never been part of a playoff series that was that physical and called that way in my life. And uh, uh, the level of uh, physicality I thought that both teams showed. Um, now, two, two things: battle tested. At, at a little bit of a point, I did feel like we started to, boy, we burned a lot of energy in those three games. We burned a lot of energy in that North Dakota overtime game, a lot of energy. Mankato had the puck in our end for it's one of those puck possession games where we were defending a good portion of that game in our end. I did feel like we lost a little pop in our legs and a little jump uh, as we went going, but I thought mentally we were really playoff ready for that game. It might just be a coincidence that this happened when Dylan Anhorn went down. But how much did Jack Pierce step up when 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 Dylan? Well, unfortunately, was out. Jack went down for a little bit too yeah, during true. that stretch, and so did Spencer Meyer. So we we faced all of a sudden at times having three of our top V out of the lineup in 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 a course of a month. But I would say when Jack came back, um, he showed what type of player he can be. He showed that he's ready for that next step. 
Um, he's always been a very good player, but I really believe that this is the year where, you know, he's going to kind of take that, him and, and Dylan, but um, take that attitude of, hey, I'm, I'm the guy here and, and I'm going to make things happen and I'm going to push this team when it needs it. Have you called Dylan Spencer at any point here in the, in the <laughs> well, run It's my first year in three years without Spencer. Right. And actually Spencer stopped in the office yesterday before <laughs> he was leaving for pro hockey uh, to say goodbye. We talked a little while and I go, Spence, you know, we, we usually cheat on this one game where they, they ask you these questions, and Spence and I kind of uh, have a little plan. We say, okay, your favorite football team, baseball team, we go through the whole thing together. So we're cheating and we're ready. Dylan and I haven't had the opportunity to do that this year, so that game might not go as well here. Yeah, that, the, the games that you guys see on CBS Sports Network and on the social channels is what he's talking about uh, that they do here at, uh, at Media Day. What's it mean, though, to have Dylan back? It, it, you know, that was – the way that he went down, when he went down, yeah. the timing couldn't have been possibly any worse. And then no. to get to get him back, though, healthy now. You know, he was leading the country in scoring for defensemen at the time. He was our go-to guy in our power play. Um, and in the room, he's just a real motivated, serious kid. That's He's very driven. The only blessing in disguise is if he doesn't go down, he's not back this year. Um, so I guess uh, that is the positive out of it for us is that he's back. He was voted to wear the C by his teammates. I think that says a lot for a transfer that only been with us for a year. Um, and uh, the guys are going to be counting on him. So having him back, him and Jack right there as a coach, you know, you feel like, hey, you, you build teams from the net out usually, and having a couple defensemen like that on your blue line right away uh, is, is, a, is a good way to start the season. Yeah, you brought Dominic Bassian as a transfer last yeah. year in goal. Him and Jackson Caster, basically a timeshare the entire year. But what can you say about Jackson? I mean, we talked about how he had to step in when, when David Rennick got sick at the end of the season prior. But to have him step up the way he did, and those two pushed each other all year long. It was great. I mean, we couldn't. We our biggest question mark last year was goaltending. Uh, was Jackson going to be able to take a step, and was Dom going to be able to take a step? To be honest, his numbers weren't great over a couple of years at CC, and even though he went in there real young, so that was one of those things check mark. You know, like holy cow, we got a chance now. Right from game one and two, uh, St. Thomas had a bunch of grade A chances early on Jackson Caster, and um, not to extend this too long here, but. Uh, that's the most pressure I ever felt on a goalie in my life. Game one against St. Thomas, with the way the season had ended before, we wanted Jackson to do well so badly, and I could tell he wanted it so bad. I've never seen more pressure on a goalie for game one, and I thought he handled it great. Well, then you had the, the injury to, to Josh Lidke during that game, yes. which not just the goalie has to shake that off. Everybody does. Everybody. Those are never easy. First time I've ever seen tears in guys' eyes on the rink while – Josh was being carried off there on a stretcher. We didn't. It, it looked bad. It wasn't cheap by any means, but the yeah. the, the injury looked bad, um, and and we were really worried. The guys rallied, and uh, it's it's amazing that we scored a couple goals right after that. To be honest, as good as that three game playoff series was, I am at this point convinced that UMD did not win a single face off when Grant Crookshank or Yami Crandall were on the ice. That won't happen this year because they're both gone. Yep. But you're still going to be strong in the middle, but you'll be a lot different in the middle. We'll be a lot different in the middle. We'll we'll have two or three freshmen pro probably playing down the middle this year. So their development's going to be critical for us. Thankfully, we got our top – actually, our statistic-wise, Mason Salkwist was one of our best centers last year. Uh, he'll be back, which will be big. Um, we're going to move Adam Ingram most likely from wing to center. Uh, he's a natural center. We just didn't have a spot for him last year. He's a second-round draft pick that had a good freshman year that, you know, any year you go into the year and you need certain guys to step up to the next level for your team to be successful. He's one of them. Um, there, if there's an area on our team where we need to have some guys step up, it would be in our top six forward group. 
And uh, we need a guy like Adam to make that step for us to have the year we want to have. I, I brought up Adam Ingram, I think, during your semifinal game with North Dakota. He scored a goal, and I said, I've seen enough of this guy over the 15 times I've, you know, we've seen this team this year. <laughs> it's feeling Whatever. 25. It, feels it felt like, like a lot. It was seven, by the way, yeah. for those that forgot. <laughs> Uh, that he's, I know he's going to be a problem. Uh, what kind of summer did he have? Uh, he had a really good summer. All the strength numbers went up in every category. He's really committed to getting better. Um, you know, for, so for us, that's, that's a big piece to the puzzle. Uh, physically, that's just one area. He needs to put a little weight on. He needs to keep getting stronger. He needs to develop physically. If he can do that, he can be a big-time player. You've got some youth. You know, last year, between the transfers and your fifth years that you had, you had a really old team. You've still got some older guys. Zach Okabe comes to mind. Yep. I feel like he's been Kyle around. Kuka, yep. sure? He hasn't already played five years? Uh, Kupka's back. Yeah, yeah. Okabe's back. They haven't played five years. No, yet? they haven't. I know it's crazy. It feels it? like it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's a good thing for you. But but you've got some young guys too. Yeah, we do. I I really like the group too. And it's hard in these interviews. I don't want to leave anybody out. But I'm just thinking kind of through our group right now. The guys in practice that um, that you can see a guy like Barrett Hall, a kid that you know played in Green Bay last year, Seattle draft pick. Uh, uh, we got another Mietnin, you know. Uh, and, Great. And, uh, Werner Werner Mietnin, <laughs> kind of the opposite player is his brother. His brother is is kind of a classic shooter, uh, wants the puck, wants to deliver it to the net, shoot it at any cost all the time, which I love about him. His brother is the guy that gets those guys the puck. He's more of the distributor, passer type player, plays in the middle. Um, excited about him. Then we got some older USHL veteran kids like Tyson Gross and, and Ryman and some of these guys. And, and, and we really like that group a lot. Isaac Posh, a goalie that would be familiar with some people in the Duluth area, played for the Wilderness last year. Great run um, Got them to the final. Yeah. Um, really excited about him coming in and challenging Bassey as well. Visiting with St. Cloud State coach Brett Larson, if I gave you some money, would you put Werner and Vidi together, please? That makes it, would make it so <laughs> yeah, much easier. Yeah, a lot easier on you. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And it's all about me, as we know. Well, the funny thing is, you know, you look at their games, it would fit, right? So now yeah. we've got to see as far as Werner's development coming in out of the USHL where he's ready to play and whatnot. But you know, if you looked at two players that would complement each other by how they play, it would be those two guys. So we'll see what ends up happening. Well, and you've got guys that speak Finnish now from all the guys you've had from we over do. there. So. We do. We've got a nice run of Finnish guys. <laughs> we got to keep that going. Uh, as you look ahead here, and, you know, the, we picked you third, whatever it was. It's worth the paper it's printed on, basically. Yeah. But, but you know, what what do you think about here as, as we get ready for the season, you know, as you try to get these young guys ready, You've got the, the a stable of older guys. You know, how, how good do you feel about this group? I feel good about the group, I, and that's not just just saying it right now. I mean, most coaches hopefully feel good about their group in September. I'm going to be honest. You, you learn about your group when adversity hits, and you go through injuries and different things like that. Um, but on paper, I like the group. I like building teams from the net out. I, I really believe that we have a couple goalies that can push Bassey where he's not going to feel comfortable. He's going to have to earn his playing time, and I'm hoping that brings out the best in him. And if it doesn't, maybe somebody passes him. I like the fact that you've got, uh, for me, three guys right away, you know, Jack Pure, Dylan Anhorn, Josh Ludke, where, you know, you've got that. And a couple of freshmen, uh, Wiley and Reiners, who played last year, I like having 5D right away that have played, and, and, and a couple, I think, elite defensemen, to be honest honest that could you know with Anhorn and Peart that that could be elite in college hockey so then you get into the forward group with the guys like Okabe and and, and Kuka and Yetna and those guys coming back I feel like we've got a good base um but the question for me and I've, I've said this a couple times already is is who steps up who's going to be 
You know, the example I would use is when we brought Grant Crookshank in, we, we put 10 goals on the board. If Grant could bring us 10 goals, we'd be really happy and then bring his leadership and character that he had. Well, he scored 23. Who are going to be those one or two guys? I, I think to have a year above your expectations, you need to have a couple guys that surprise you and a couple guys that step up a little bit more than you think. So it'll be fun to see who those guys could be. You've never been afraid to dip into the portal. You got Dylan Anhorn out of the portal from Union. Now he's your captain, You know, which, as you said, says a lot about him, that his teammates voted him captain after one year in the program. That's pretty incredible. For you, you know, what are the keys to finding guys like that in the portal that, that might not – maybe they just didn't have the right fit or, you know, and, and you can give them that right fit. But yeah. finding that can be difficult. It can be. I think that, you know, we knew Dylan Anarm was a good player. Everybody could see that Dylan Anarm was a good player. I just thought he fit our culture. He was the right type of kid. He, he fit our type of guys. He, he, he's a rink-ratty guy. He's a blue-collar guy that way and, and a kind of a family feel guy. That's who we are. So we've been really selective in the portal uh, from the standpoint of not going more than two or three. Um, but for us, most importantly, there's two things. They got to be the right fit to your culture and what type of person they are. And then they can't, they got to earn it when they get in there. Because what you, what you don't want is you don't want your players that you're developing to lose faith that you're going to develop them into these roles, right? So you can't pass over those guys too much. Um, so it's got to be the right person. You got to have the right fit and the right spot available for them. And then you got to make them earn it when they get there. When I say the words, this is the last year of the COVID exemption, yep. what does that mean to you as a coach? That's a- Gosh darn good thing, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> like we are, it, while it's turned coaches into GMs, which we never were intended to be. You know, um, all of a sudden you're 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 put in tough spots where um, you've got a recruit that you promised to come in that year that you have to tell to go back because um, you're going to bring a fifth year player back. If, obviously, if they're a good kid and a good player for you, but you know you've you've had to do things that you didn't plan on doing. You don't know till the end of the year if those fifth years are coming back or not, based on are they going sign pro or are they going to leave so it's really turned kind of your roster management upside down in, in a lot of ways so I, I think I can speak for pretty much every college coach out there when the when the fifth year COVID thing is done uh, it'll be a good thing does that by itself you think just bring that population of the portal down every yes, spring for sure for sure and I, I do want to make a statement you know the portal um, gets kind of a, a bad rap in a lot of ways. There are some really good things about the portal too that I don't think people are seeing. There's some kids maybe at the body of your, of your lineup who have who have worked, who have been great kids, who have got been in and out of the lineup for two to three years. You know what? Maybe there's an opportunity for them somewhere else, and you can actually help them with that. And we've done that. We've helped our guys get to places where um, they're going to go where they're really needed, where they're going to have an opportunity um, to play a bigger role. Um, some of the parts of the portal aren't a bad thing. Um, there are some negatives to the portal for sure, but I think there are also some positive sides to it as well. So somehow, some way, UMB played St. Cloud State seven times last year, and I did not see you play once. It, just the timing is <laughs> is what it was. Cause we got, we, I think we saw you the first time right after you got hurt. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was tough timing for sure. Uh, it looked like some pretty fun games to play in too. So it was a. Uh, Definitely wish I was out there, I can tell you that. Um, how are you feeling now? How was the summer? Was it a normal summer for you workout-wise? Were you able to get uh, you know, kind of a normal off-season in? Yeah, it was, fortunately. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty pretty much fully healed uh, not too long after the season ended, to be honest. Well, I mean, maybe within a month or so. There was a little bit of layover time. But uh, fortunately, it gave me the chance to fully train this off-season and 
and uh, be feeling really good going into this season. Uh, so I'm definitely fortunate in that sense. How much were you able to be around the guys as they get on their run and they win the NCHC championship down here in this building in St. Paul? No, I was I was here for the whole thing, so I felt really fortunate in that sense too to to be able to be around and just kind of give it as much moral support as I could as possible. Not that they needed it because they were they were really finding their groove and uh, it was fun to watch uh, them eventually bring home the Frozen Faceoff Championship there and and get close to going the Frozen Four as well before just losing to Minnesota in a tough game there in Fargo. But uh, no, luckily I was around the team for the whole time and um, helped me too. Uh, being obviously a pretty tough spot mentally in terms of that, so I thank them for. Uh, Helping me through that too. We're talking to St. Cloud State Captain Dylan Anhorn. So, you, did you get to go to Fargo for the regional? Yes. Yeah. How special was that environment? It looked awesome. Yeah. No, it was great uh, having three Minnesota teams there, all within uh, not not too lo- not too far of a distance. Made it for unbelievable fan support. So uh, it, it was really fun to watch. Uh, fun to watch while at the same time being excruciating hard to watch because of how badly I wanted to be out there and help, helping our guys any way I can, but. Uh, they put up a hell of a battle, and we were we were real close to getting to the Frozen Four, and just gives all the more motivation for this season. As you uh, you know, look back here, you you transferred in here, and and we we talked to you know captains here about making sure transfers feel welcome, you know that they're part of the team from day one, and it's a lot easier said than done. What was your experience like? Because you had a pretty strong leadership core here last year when you arrived. Yeah, no, it was unbelievable. You said it. You said it perfectly there. Some of the leaders we had in our team last year were some of the best people I've ever been around in general. Not not to mention their unbelievable leadership skills. So they made it really easy uh, and being very inclusive for not only uh, me and the other transfers that came in, Dominic Bassey and uh, Grant Crookshank, but also our great freshman class too. And I think that just speaks to the the culture that's been built here before. And I, I can only help to try to try and continue with our, our current leaders. You went in the portal at a union, and tell me about that process a little bit. You know, like what what attracted you and maybe brought you to St. Cloud? Uh, well, it was it was a lot of things for sure. It was the winning culture that St. Cloud's had. They uh, obviously never won it all, the whole thing here, but uh, uh, they've had so much success in the past, and not only moving guys on to pro, but uh, winning some championships and uh, really pushing for that ultimate goal which was really enticing for me. The coaching staff through the whole process was uh, was unbelievable in, uh, uh, in clarity and honesty. Uh, and just talking with some of the guys on the team uh, as well that I had known beforehand, they just spoke so highly of the program and uh, of how, how strong they thought the team was going to be and continue to be. So uh, it was really enticing for me, and it turned into a no-brainer. You know, those of us in the circuit sometimes will make fun of, of places we have to go. I'm not going to lie. St. Cloud's one. It's not the city. It's the building. It's an older building. Uh, I, I think back to last year, the, the net kept getting knocked off the pegs, and I, I thought there would be, be a riot in the stands at one point because it was a packed house, and they were mad. Um, but it's still it's a building that when that place is rocking, man, there aren't a whole lot of more fun environments. What is that like for you guys as players? It's almost like a rock concert sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's the acoustics of the ring kind of help it too. And I know we had the renovations about a year ago as well that I think helped contribute to that too. But no, it gets really loud. And we have such great fan support, especially when teams like Duluth come to town. Uh, such a great rivalry. It uh, makes it 
about as fun of an atmosphere to play in as you could possibly think of. Do you guys have to adjust your communication at all? Is it, is it that loud? <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard people say that about certain buildings, that it, it's so loud with, with the sound system and everything going on. You know, Amsoil can be like that sometimes. It, you know, you, the music going between face, it can be hard to communicate on the bench. Yeah, no, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, sometimes when uh, coaches call those timeouts and uh, you come to the bench, you get huddled around and he's still screaming at the top of his lungs and it's kind of like, what? What? Excuse me? But uh, no, I'd say for, I'd say for the most part, like you, we work so hard in practice to, to make sure we're structured and uh, uh, have, have a good idea of reading off players in different situations and stuff that come to those really uh, loud atmospheres. You can't always rely on communication. You need to also be able to, to intuitively and uh, structurally know what's going on. So I think that's a massive factor to it as well. Dylan, you talked about the, you know, the captains you had and, and, and the culture that you saw when you got here. You know, your success on the ice was hard not to notice. Well, you know, more important of the point of game as a defenseman in this league is not easy to do. I think you got votes for all league when you missed a good chunk of the second half of the season with that injury. What allowed you to, to have the success you did in terms of your production, your overall play from the second you walked in the door? I think you mentioned it right there. I think the culture that just uh, makes you feel like you're a part of it right away, uh, how we emphasize being good people on top of just being good players. Uh, you, you saw the success of uh, Bassey, too, as well as Crookshank. Like I, I think that leadership core just really made it made us feel comfortable from day one, including the coaching staff giving us the opportunity as well. So... Uh, a lot of guys had really good years last year, and uh, I think that's a massive testament to it. And I think that uh, the opportunity is going to be there for a lot of very other well-qualified players that are ready for it. Had you been a captain before uh, Before you got this opportunity at St. Cloud State in, over the course of your career? I had been once or twice, yeah. What have you learned both by being one yourself and then, you know, I think about Spencer Meyer, a three-year captain. I, f- I feel like him and Brett were almost sharing a brain by the end of last year because <laughs> he'd been there so long and, and those two had worked so closely together. What have you learned from, from a guy like that and, and then from being a captain yourself that, that maybe helps you hire this year? No, absolutely. Uh, they definitely did seem connected at the hips at times <laughs> because, I mean, obviously uh, spending is about – as good of an ambassador as St. Cloud as you could possibly get, having grown up there as well, and all the amazing things he does in, in the community there and still does to this day. So uh, definitely big shoes to fill, but one thing he definitely, uh, both of them have emphasized with me is just being yourself. Uh, your teammates uh, look to you in that way for a reason because you try and carry yourself and be a good person in the way you are. So uh, it's not about going out there and, and trying to do, uh, trying to be someone you're not. You just got to be yourself and uh continue to be a good person and and, and uh, contribute all you can on the ice. You had to sit and watch, which I I got I can only imagine what was going through your mind having to sit and watch down the stretch last year after you got hurt. Jack Peart steps in, and, and I I thought when we saw him in January right after you got hurt, I, I, maybe an uneven weekend for him in Duluth, but when we saw him in March, oh, my goodness. Like What kind of step did you see him take from, from maybe – the first part of last year to the end when he was one of the best players in the NCHC tournament. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. I think he was he really came into his own the second half of the year. He where he was one of the best players on the ice almost every night. Um I really love to see him him step up with that confidence there and uh he we all knew he was an unbelievable player and he had been he'd been showing great things throughout the whole year, but he just took it to another level in the second half of the year and uh Hopefully he can continue that this year because he's such a good player in person and works so hard that he, he absolutely deserves it. 
you guys, you and him both are, are tremendous at moving the puck. And, and you look up front now, you, you lose Crookshank, you lose Yami Kranola. So you're, you're going to be a little different up front. But you've got some guys back. You've got a couple transfers coming in. You know, how important is it for you guys defensively keeping your game simple and, and making sure that everybody up front knows what they're doing, and, but you can get the puck to them and let them do the work? Uh, yeah, no, we lost some some very good players up front, absolutely, to, that rightfully so deserve to move on to pro. And uh, But I think that just leaves some opportunity for – to show the depth that we have within the program of not only the new guys coming in that look to be uh, great players, but also some of the guys in the program that uh, were maybe a little bit lower behind those uh, uh, couple of those players you mentioned. And I think those guys have patiently been waiting and they're more than ready for the opportunity to, to step into those roles and, and show how great players that they are. One guy that jumped off for me last year was Adam Ingram. Uh, Predators draft pick. He played wing last year. Sounds like he might play some center this year, more natural position for him, for you. What's it like competing against him every day in practice, knowing you don't have to compete against him when you're playing in a game? <laughs> it's good, put it that way. <laughs> but he's uh, no, he's an unbelievable player. He's got a, he's got a great shot, really good vision as well. Uh, definitely like being on the ice with him, that's for sure, because you know he's probably going to create something positive for our team. And uh, he's one of those guys right there that I mentioned that uh, definitely played a big role for us last year and did a lot of great things. But uh, I think has the opportunity and the ability to to take an even bigger step and be one of the real drivers for our team, which I think he's 100% capable of. Finishing up with St. Cloud State Captain Dylan Anhorn. So I know you didn't get to play in every rink last year. Of the ones that you got to play in, a couple of around the NCHC, cities that you like to, to go to, maybe a city you look forward to visiting you haven't gotten to yet, a rink you look forward to visiting you haven't gotten to yet? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, our trips to Colorado were definitely good. Uh, they, they were fun for sure to, to be in that state and uh, just to travel with the team in that way. Uh, Rink-wise, the Gophers had a, had a great rink for sure, and obviously being that rivalry, that was it was an unbelievable atmosphere when we were there. Uh, unfortunately, just lost that one in overtime, but beat them the previous night at the Herb. Just got to add that one in. Uh, Thank you, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, anybody beats the Gophers is a friend of ours. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Wisconsin's rink was good as well. But, uh, no, there's so many great rinks in college hockey and great atmospheres that every weekend it's another new exciting challenge. So.